Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. I, I kind of wish we, we could just keep talking about that and that topic into the live, but we probably should. I'm going to okay. reference it for sure today. I'm not going to name names, but it will be referenced today. I'm so hungry, you guys. Happy Taco Tuesday. I'm not even going to sauce this first taco. That's how hungry I am. Okay. Just going okay. straight in. This is a cla- Look at this. This is just a classic. Yeah. I mean, mm. That, mm, that, that looks actually amazing. It's really good. All right, all right. So I pinned the live. We should be good. All right, we should be we're good. Back. All right. I'm so, we're sorry, everyone. We're, we we had to push it back an hour, and and then on top of that, we were both late. But you know, it happens. Yeah. It's, it's it's part of Taco Tuesday um, mania at times. Taco Tuesday mania. I'm curious I mean, to see if we get more people jump in because it's later. So you know what I think it is. Lately, anyway. Um, Justin Brock's brother, Johnny has been doing a clubhouse event at the same time or like right thereafter when we do taco Tuesday. So like some people are going over and hanging out in there instead of hanging out here. So Justin Brock's ruining taco Tuesday. <laughs> Pretty much. Hmm. <laughs> all right, guys. So as, as, as you all know, it's my mission in life to buy the office Mexican food every taco Tuesday. And um, we've been doing these random drawings lately because we've been running out of ideas. So we put like a bunch of names into a hat, not a hat, but like a basket. And then I randomly draw today. We drew cafe Rio once again. Oh, you're making my taco bell look bad, bro. I love cafe Rio. See my finger was this close to grabbing taco bell. I would have mimicked you, but it's, after it's, my after my Victoricos, I, I went <laughs> my, my Victoricos clubhouse adventure this weekend. Decided to stick <laughs> yeah. to Bell. Tell that story real quick. Oh, I knew you were gonna make me tell it tell too. The story. It's a good. It's a good story. So Christian harasses me to co-host a clubhouse room with him, <laughs> so I choose to do so. And then, um, and it was a great room. It was a great room. We had some we had some great questions going. And the question came up, it was, if you were to try to start a Medicare agency and you're trying to scale it to seven figures, what's the way to do it? Like, what's the quickest way to get there? And I really wanted to participate. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I wanted to go get, I, I went on a taco run. It was late. I don't know what time. It was like seven, eight, nine. It was getting later. So I went to go get food and then I'm driving home 
And I'm so focused on Clubhouse, you guys. This is a warning message, really. That's what this is. Be careful when you Clubhouse and drive. Clubhouse Addicts Anonymous. Yes, that should be a, a Clubhouse. We need a, we need a room for Clubhouse Addicts. <laughs> so I'm driving, and I was really close to home. I was probably two or three blocks from my house, five minutes. I was super close. It was later. Nobody's on the road. I'm so focused on answering this question. I'm driving really slow. I'm not being unsafe by any means, but I'm driving very slow. And all of a sudden, as I'm like making one of the final turns to get back to my house, I see lights kick on behind me. Woo! Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking I got caught holding my phone because again, it's later at night. I'm probably illuminating my whole face. It probably looks super obvious and I'm on my phone. And so I'm like, great, here we go. And uh, if you were in the room, I said I got a phone call. That wasn't true. I was actually being pulled over. So <laughs> I'll clear the air on that as well. I was actually being pulled over. Um, wasn't my phone though. He just thought I was driving slow. I didn't realize how slow I was driving, but I guess I was driving really slow. <laughs> and so he's just like, what's going on? He's like, he's wanting to, to check it out, figure out what's going on. I'm just like, ah, hey, I was like, just getting food, sir. Sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, I live in Washington State. Marijuana, cannabis is legal here. And the house, I pulled in front of this house, because again, I'm trying to pull over as fast as possible, you guys. I don't want to, I don't want the cop to think I'm trying to escape. Although it did run <laughs> through my head. I'm like, maybe I just go home. I'm like, I'm so close. I'll just drive home and, and then we can have this conversation at my house. Anyways, I pull over in front of this house. This is such a crazy tangent to start this Taco Tuesday, but <laughs> pull over in front of this house. There is a weed smell in the air. And he, he comes up to the car and he's like, sir, have you been smoking weed? And then I realized like, and then I kind of like connected how he was profiling me all. I'm like, okay, I'm driving slow. Uh, I have a big bag of food next to me in the car. It looks like a late night munchies run to him. And I'm just like, nope, no, I have not been smoking, sir. He's like, oh, must be outside then, I guess. <laughs> I could tell he's like trying to like, you know, size me up. But long story short, I end up just getting a ticket for my tags being expired. And then I get to go right on my merry way but it was quite the clubhouse adventure we had last weekend you guys i found it funny because you know um there were so many instances going on there were so many chain of events that night that were causing because it was it was you myself and justin thomas that were running this room together about marketing for insurance agents and i and you know justin you had to jump off at the beginning, Justin had to jump off the thing when you guys both came back, but I ended up being in that room for like six or seven hours straight. My wife was ready to divorce me. Like, <laughs> there, like, she was so mad at me. <laughs> like by the end of the night, she I was getting glares like <laughs> Yeah. I, was, I know those. I'm familiar with those. And I haven't been on in Clubhouse since because I'm just worried for my marriage, you know, that um but it might not continue if I keep if I keep clubhousing it up like I was. Yeah, I, I more or less I had a conversation with Scotty today just briefly. We were chatting on the phone and and that kind of came up. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm on Clubhouse. I'm like, not as quite as much as I once was. As I once was. 
I'm, I'm, I value my safety of my life. I don't want my wife to kill me. Um, so guys, today we're going to be talking about, we ran, we ran a poll. It started out pretty close, right? About either hiring staff or burning out one or the other, you know, how to avoid burnout. And, um, it seemed like it was neck and neck for a while. And, um, and then hiring staff and employment kind of just took off, you know, it just kind of it pulled through it dramatic, it overwhelmingly won. It, it was, it, it came hard in the paint in the fourth quarter. And um, so here we are and we're talking about employment now. Now, Glenn, you've obviously employed a lot more people than I have. So I wanted to start this off by hearing from you and your take on, because you, you employ people in a multitude of different ways. Um, but I thought, I think people would be really interested to hear about virtual assistants and your take on virtual assistants. Yeah, for sure. I also want to take a second. I'm going to drop a link in the comments. Christian doesn't know this is about to happen. So you're about to see an authentic reaction here from Christian, but I'm dropping a link in the comments. Um, I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. So I have been in the virtual assistant space for almost seven years since I hired my first virtual assistant. Since I first hired that first virtual assistant, I've grown a team at one point as large as 110 employees, 110 people who worked exclusively for me, which at one point, like I didn't think 100 was a lot. Like you hear about these other companies like, you know, Amazon, right? Amazon's got like hundreds of thousands of employees. So you think a hundred's like nothing, right? But the reality is that scaling uh, infrastructure for staffing like that, it, it takes a lot of work. And so we've built out all sorts of positions internally here at Lead Heroes over the years. And so um, what the link I just dropped in the comments is a note staying up to date and staying notified on our upcoming insurance virtual assistance platform that we will be rolling out this year. And this will, you know, obviously we've been helping insurance agents with callers for a really long time, but we're taking it a step further because we understand that insurance agents struggle with this. They struggle with staffing. This is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, the other part of it is that there's a lot more besides phone calls that you guys need help with. You know, I have people in my company who are helping me run social media. They're helping me run my website. They're helping me with, um, you know, customer service. So they're doing emails inbound and outbound. I have management staff who are helping me manage the team. I have Q&A who is kind of the checks and balance and they're, you know, they're not really technically management, they're, they're quality assurance on the service that we deliver. Um, I mean, that's just off the top of my head, that, that there's all sorts of different positions that you're able to put these people in. And if you train them and you hire correctly, they can really help you grow your business. So if you want to stay up to date on, on this upcoming service that I think, I think I have a, a shot to revolutionize the industry. I really do. I'm, I'm more excited than I've ever been um, with this upcoming service. And Christian, I, I want to give you some credit too, because we spent a lot of time talking about this mm -hmm. and you definitely helped kind of shape 
my direction on this because um, I, I just was kind of, I'm like, ah, I'm like, is this kind of outside my lane or does this make sense? Is this where we want to move forward with? So, but yeah, that was my, my bomb. I wanted to drop on you. Wow. What do you think? That's, that's big. That's big news. I'm excited, man. I was just reading it while you were talking. I was listening, but I was also, I was also looking at the link and kind of reading through it. This is big. I don't think it's anybody else is doing anything like this. Not, and, and even if they were, it's not going to be on the scale of, of what I'm talking about doing. I'm talking scalable infrastructure for your agency or for your, you know, even if you're an independent agent, scalable virtual assistants who can come in, they can do these things because there's not enough time in the day, you guys. Christian and I were both late to getting on this live. I'm, I'm marketing this live today. <laughs> I'm sending emails out. I'm getting posts out. I'm saying, hey, we're going live at four. We're going live at four. Christian and I are both 15 minutes late today. There's not enough time in the day to get everything oh. done. No. Uh, even, even with all my staff, I'm still swamped, you guys. It's crazy. It's crazy how busy you can get. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this develops. And of course, you know, I know we'll talk about this more kind of offline about it. And it's something that I'm definitely interested in learning more about. Because like for me, you know, I have employees here in the office, not nearly as many employees as you do. Um, And I've always been fascinated with the the virtual assistant side of things. But I think the main thing is there's so many people that have an interest in it, but they have no idea how to find that person, how it all works, how to structure the whole thing. I'm in that boat. Because like you said, we've had these conversations offline and I'm just like, I do not understand this X, Y, and Z. And um you're taking all that work out of it for them. You know, I think it's huge. It's like, it's, it's in the, to me, it's revolutionary. Like the custom calling campaign is revolutionary because it's one of those things where you're, you're taking the hard work out of, out of it for agents for them, at least anyway, you know, you're taking all the training out of it. You're taking all the, 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 the guesswork of finding the right people. I I think it's huge and I'm really excited to see how it plays out. I want to take him. I think this is the right time to do this as well. There's someone else in the industry who helps connect callers with insurance agents. And I'm not going to name this person, but I think most people who watch this or listen to this will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and they're providing a subpar service. And it upsets me. It, it upsets me because you're hurting that virtual assistant. They're getting connected to a position that they fail out of. And now it can potentially hurt them from bringing in an income, providing for their family, you know, putting food on the table you're hurting that insurance agent because now they can't produce what they were hoping to produce because false expectations were set up. And at the end of the day, like you're, you're really hurting, you're hurting all of it. We talk about on taco Tuesday all the time, a rising tide raises all ships. Well, the opposite is true too. <laughs> if if you're out there scamming insurance agents, if you're out there misleading, false advertising, um, just trying to grab the money and run, which is exactly what this person's doing, um, it, it it has the opposite effect. You're bringing us all down. So, and I want you to know that if if this person ever sees this or listens to this, you are bringing all of us down. So, I'm I'm putting you on notice right now, sir. Um, but that being said, offering a fully managed service where you can be completely hands off, that's, that's the whole idea here. And whether you're, whether you go out and hire someone yourself 
or you work with someone like Lead Heroes where we can offer a fully managed service for you, the goal is to eventually be completely hands-free, right? Like Mm -hmm. you want your hand, you want to be able to do something else. This needs to be kind of a repetitive process where these virtual assistants can come in and alleviate that lost time. Like I just said, we don't, there's not enough time in the day to get all this done. You need other people to come help you, whether you're, you're hiring someone virtual stateside in the Philippines, you know, or in a, in somewhere else. I mean, all over. Right. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll get off, I'll get off my soapbox here for a second, but what, I guess, what was the original question? I was, I was so in, I, I hope that gets back to that person. Well, as well. Um, I really do. I, I'm, I, it, I'm sure it will. I think that person does have spies everywhere. Uh, and, I'm sure. uh, and so, and I'm sure that person, and when I say spies, I mean, burner accounts that are really that person. But, <laughs> um, but it, anyway, I digress. So the, the original question, and there's some interesting questions already in the comments, by the way, somebody, um, David, David Deaton asked uh, um, about burnout and what do you do to reset when it happens? So I think we should address that a little bit, maybe towards yeah. the end, because sure. um, I think there's enough interest, interest to, to at least touch on it. For yeah, a bit. I mean, it's that's such a great topic. It really is a great topic. Yeah. And I don't, how can you not feel burnout at some point in this, in this industry, especially with, if you're in it for the long haul. So that's a, that's a really great topic. And let's, let's touch on it kind of close to the end. So we'll come back to that question, David. Um, But the, the, the original question I asked was like, give your thoughts on virtual assistants, right? Cause it's such a different way of hiring people than maybe what you originally think, right? You originally think, you know, like you hire someone, you pay them X amount of dollars per hour. They show up to work every day at the office, kind of the traditional model. Virtual assistants are very different than that. Talk about that a little bit, if you will. What's the positives? What's the negatives yeah. of hiring that way? So I'll tell you what the biggest hurt, like, so when I, I, I'll never forget this. The first mental hurdle that I had to clear personally when I made my very first hire, you know, almost 10 years ago it's this idea that I can't see this person. I can't physically touch this person, right? Like they aren't there, but you're still paying them and they're working for you. And initially my, my, you know, being kind of cynical, I was under this impression that it like, it's almost like, how is this even going to be possible? Right? Like I can't, I can't yell at them if they mess up, right? They're not like right here in the room. I can't be hands-on training them like, no, do this, don't do that. And you have to kind of remove that barrier and understand that there's so many software tools that can allow you. I mean, and this, again, you're talking, we are way pre-COVID. It's such a different era now because a lot of these software tools are being utilized by everybody. And, and COVID obviously really accelerated this. Um, but there's software that they can download on their computer that will allow you to see what they're doing when they're clocked in. Um, you know, there's obviously ways of structuring their compensation to try to protect, you know, protect you as an employer. Um, obviously, sometimes people do project-based, you know, versus hourly so that's that's another uh, possibility. Um, you know, some people we we got into this on Clubhouse the other night, and this is another great topic: is part time versus full time. 
Um, you know, I've done it both ways and I totally agree with both what Justin said in our clubhouse room and what you said. Um, you guys were both right, in my opinion. I'm sorry, I don't know. Do you want to do you want to get into that really fast? The, the part time yeah. versus full time? I think that's a great topic. I think we can definitely unpack that. I mean, so one thing that I said, because the question was brought up in the clubhouse meeting that um, it, people essentially it was asked, is it better to hire someone part time or full time? Obviously, I think long term, you want that person to work full time, but I would rather hire someone at least starting out part time if maybe I'm at a place in my business that financially I can't afford a full-time person, right? Let's just say that's where you're at. I would rather have someone there part-time to take the, the stress off of me if I'm maybe to the point where I can afford them part-time, but I can't afford them full-time and then grow into that full-time. And then, you know, I think, I think it was tossed back at me. They're like, well, where are you going to find a good person part-time? Well, my, my, my assistant who's still with me today, she's been with me for years. She started out part-time. She started out like 15, 20 hours a week with me. Now she works full time. She's kind of grown into that role and it was perfect for what she needed. You know, she's, she's a mom. She's got a husband, a family. Um, so it was actually exactly the thing, the thing she was looking for, a, a job she could kind of come to while her kids were at school. Um, she didn't work Fridays and she still doesn't work Fridays, but she works full time hours Monday through Thursday now. But um it, and so that, that type of person, you know, she was somebody that was overqualified for the position, but my schedule, at least at that point in time and my flexibility with her made the job appealing. She had a background in insurance, you know, working with claims and stuff like that. So that was kind of what the conversation was going for. I agree that long-term you'd want someone in that position full-time, but you might be able to get from the point where you can only afford a part-time person to a full-time person much quicker if you at least have some help, I feel like the larger your business gets, you can only accomplish so much in 24 hours, you know, as a, as a one person solopreneur, I think you just, you need help and any amount of help is better than no help. That was kind of my point. Yeah. I mean, especially, obviously one of the first things you, you have to be conscious of you guys I'm trying to swallow my burrito here <laughs> without choking and dying on camera. Um, Obviously, you need to be conscious of. That's right. Repping. It's Tuesday, y'all. It might be might be ninety minutes later than usual, but it's still Taco <laughs> Tuesday. I don't care what time it is. It's Taco Tuesday. You know, one of the first things you have to be conscious of is your budget, right? Um, obviously, the goal is to spend money to free up time so you can generate more revenue. So, <laughs> ideally, this money you're spending on this assistant should bring in more money and it should more than pay for itself. However, that doesn't necessarily happen right away, especially mm -hmm. if you have to train them. So um, if you're on a budget and you're being really conscious of your, your revenue, then I think part-time makes a lot of sense. Um, and then it kind of comes down to hiring at that point. Yeah, if you hire someone part-time who really wants a full-time job, you're you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to be trying to find another part-time job. Now they've got two jobs or maybe they're still looking for a full-time job and as soon as they find a full-time job, they quit and then you're back at square one. So, um but again, I I have a similar story to you. One of the first 
I hired a, a few different assistants, but the first Filipino assistant that I hired, I hired her part-time. And then after like six to eight weeks, and I, you know, again, it was a nice way to kind of test the waters. You know, I'm, I'm not putting a lot of money out. I'm checking on work ethic, work quality. And so it was kind of a nice way to ease into it. But um, once I realized I really need full time to get everything I wanted done, then that's when I had that conversation with her. And I said, hey, listen, I really need you full time. I need you to come in, work 40 to 50 hours a week. So, um, and, and majority of the time when we bring a new person on now, I look for full time because again, I kind of want to avoid some of that hassle. But I, I guess I think the, the whole point of this is there's always exceptions to the rules. So saying like you have to hire full time and you can never hire part time. I, I disagree with that completely. I think it's more of a case by case basis where you have to kind of figure out like, what are you looking for? And then once you realize what you're looking for, finding that person that will kind of fit into that, that position. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really going to come down to each individual circumstance. Like you said, I think, you know, there, there's situations where I would rather have someone part-time than have nobody at all, if that's my only options. And there's definitely situations where part-time is not going to be enough, you know? And of course I'd rather have a full-time employee than a part-time. Absolutely. Um, I feel like it comes down to where you're at at that point in time. So like the example I gave um, on clubhouse was like, let's say you're, let's say there's an agent that has 300 clients, Medicare clients. Let's say they're in the Medicare space. Um, let's say they've done a little bit of cross selling, but not a crazy amount. So if let's say we're just hypothetically doing Medicare advantage plans and they're getting renewals on 300 clients, that's their renewal per client, 2250. So probably be a little bit more than this because I'm sure they did some kind of cross on or something like that, but let's say they're around that pre-taxable income, right? It's somebody that's trying to make that push to jump into that six figure income mark, but they're starting to feel the squeeze of 300 plus people needing their help all the time. Right. I, I was exactly in that place. Like I, I brought up on a clubhouse that um, I didn't hire my first person until I had 600 clients big mistake. <laughs> if I could go back and do it again, I would have hired that. I would have hired somebody much sooner because I felt like I got in a place where I got trapped between 400 clients to 600. It took me so much longer than it needed to, um, to get that additional, you know, 200 clients in between so, because I was doing everything myself. On that. So on that note, do you feel like you waited to hire because you were looking at that hire as more of an expense and not as an investment in the, in the business? Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. I, I was, um, I mean, I could have afforded it, but right. it, I would have felt it at that right. point in time. And, um, it was scary to me, you know, scary to me. Cause like I was looking at it like a reoccurring monthly expense, monthly bill, right. you know, and, um, and, but I wasn't thinking about it the right way, at least at that point in time. Um, I was able to get on a phone, the phone actually with a person that had done a ton of hiring in our space. And, and they actually really encouraged me to just take the plunge. Even at 600, I was feeling kind of afraid too, which was crazy yeah. now that I think about it. But 
Um, because I think what they told me that really stood out to me was you're, you're, you're wasting a huge part of your day on minimum wage tasks. Yep. Whereas you should be doing stuff that is a hundred to $200 an hour tasks, if not more. Um, and your and my value to the business and the company is to grow the business. Um, and not necessarily to, you know, retain business. And so that, that was kind of the way that I looked at it um, after I got off that phone call. And that was a, really the push that I needed from someone that was really successful, somebody that had been there to be like, hey, listen, you know, man up <laughs> and do it. You know, you're, you're, you should have done it a long time ago. And frankly, your business is not going to ever grow to what you want it to be until, you've, until you just get over this. And um, I completely believe that. I think it's kind of this, it's the same thing, but just looking at it a little backwards, like I like taking up, taking the time to isolate like the most important activities that only you can do. So if, if you are an independent agent and you don't have a downline and it's all about just maximizing your own production you know, your number one revenue generating activity is going to be selling insurance and, and, and making that transaction happen, taking a prospect, taking a referral, taking a lead and taking that person from A to B until they are your client. Like that's literally 90% of your workday should be right there because that's where your revenue is. Obviously, if you have an agency and you have downline aid, like it changes the game a little bit. But as an independent producer, that's where you need to be. So, you know, what, what is the average agent? What, what are they doing? Um, They're spending, you know, I'd say probably, I bet, I bet the average agent probably spends half their work week not doing that. I mean, what would you think that's accurate, Christian? About half their work week is spent doing these low level, you know, setting appointments, uh, managing email, um, you know, checking like application statuses, like just, just really basic stuff that literally anybody could do. Mm -hmm. I'd say at least half the work week is spent doing these, these menial tasks. I, I think for most agents, it's probably right around there. I would say for an agent that was like maybe where I'm at. And I think there's more people in the industry than maybe we realize that are where I was at 500 clients, 600 clients, 700 clients with no staff. Like I I seem to talk to these people all the time, these agents with no staff and they have, they're making a buck 50 a year, 200 a year, 250 a year. And they're a solo act for those people. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was more like two thirds of their time were spent doing those low level tasks. Like I, I think it's probably for a lot of agents, 50%, but for some, it's probably even more than that, which means, which tells me they are a slave to their business. They have to work more in their business than on their business. They have to, otherwise it will die because there's no one else there. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that comment you just made there, one of the, one of the really great Medicare agents that I've had a chance to work with, I was hanging out with this guy Saturday morning, Saturday morning, we're together, just, you know, there was like a college football game on, you know, we're just kind of shooting the breeze and his phone rings and he's like, Oh, this is a client. Like I need to take this. And I'm just sitting there thinking, and I'm looking around, like he's definitely a, he's a top earner. Like we're, I don't know the exact number, but I'd say 
probably close to half a million in renewals at this point. I mean, we're talking, we're talking a serious book of business. And here on a Saturday morning, you're taking a customer service phone call. Now, listen, I am a huge believer in handling your clients and, and getting as involved as you possibly can, but you have to set boundaries somewhere, right? Like you have to draw the line. So like what Sunday night at, at 10 PM, you're going to take a phone call. Like, I mean, (laughs) Hey, and I, I I was that guy, you know, I mean, every single one of my clients up until the point, up until that similar point, you know, about 600 or so had my personal cell phone number. Yeah. Um, which is crazy, which means they all still have my cell phone number. By the way, they call me all the time, but I don't, <laughs> I don't answer. I, I send a, I send, I send a private message to one of our admin staff. I'm like, Hey, can you call this person? They just call me. I don't know what they want. I'll send you the voicemail and they take care of it. You know, and it helps Dude, to have same, I say like same thing for me. It's the same thing. Same thing for me. I, you know, the first several years I started lead heroes it was all just me. You know, I was making all those calls almost all from my phone. And now it's the same way. I'm like, got this message, please. I need yeah. you to call them for me. Yeah. Just yeah. forwarding that voicemail a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, and, and I, I think, I think we should mention to this, it helps to have great people, you know, in your business. Like if you have great people, that essentially, you know, you're in a position where you, you can trust them. You know that your client or your customer is going to be in good hands if they talk to this person. There's no better relief than that, you know? And I would say if you find a great person that takes stress off you like that, be, gr- be a great employer to them because they know that they're worth that. They know that they're valuable. I can tell you this is from first you know, hand experience. Um, if you find somebody that's great and you don't take good care of those people, they're going to find a better opportunity. You want to keep great people because great people are not necessarily that easy to find. You know, like I, I, I probably pay, you know, I I've, I've given my assistant a raise multiple times a year since she's been with me um, as I've been able to, um, you know, the, the, the LOA agent I brought in, I hired, I've, I've talked to several people that run LOA shops since I hired her and I I'll talk to them about the compensation model I have for her and the whole deal that we have set up for her. And they're like, you are too nice. You're too generous. And um, it's, I'm like, and it's because I want great people around, you know what I mean? I want, I want really, really top level people um, in my business because I believe that if I'm always looking to undercut people, I'm going to get maybe not the best quality of people that I want. That's, Without a doubt, a fact. And it's funny you mentioned that because I literally, we gave out 70% of our employees roughly got a raise yesterday. And that's, that's coming out of the company's bottom line, right? Like that's not just free money that comes out of nowhere, but I look at it literally the exact same way that you just mentioned, because I want them to understand that like you're valued and, and again, a lot of it's performance-based, right? Like if, yeah. if you're doing well and you're helping the company grow, you deserve kind of a small piece of that, right? Like it's, it just seems a simple symbiotic relationship. Um, what else? There was something else that you just touched on there. I'm trying to think back. Oh, the, the quality people, right? So um, yeah, there's so many bad people I've hired. There's so many horrible, horrible people that I've hired over the years. That's another great topic that I think we could get into is just some of the disasters that maybe we've hired. 
Yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, there's the hiring process and then there's the training process and then there's kind of the ongoing management process. Um, it's, it's kind of this three-step funnel is kind of how, how I look at it. So with, in regards to this kind of the first part, the hiring, what's, what's like the worst hire that you've ever made? You want me to go first? I've got a list. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think of on yeah. this. <laughs> I've got a list. Um, <coughs> I, the one that I think the one that comes top of mind to me and Tracy, I, I think you're still watching here, buddy. But as far as hiring, if you're working from home, absolutely. Virtual assistants, exactly what we're talking about. Um, definitely a solution for the work from home agent. Um, but one, so here's, here's kind of a horror story, right? When I was first getting started with hiring virtual assistants and trying to kind of figure all this out, um, I hired someone and then they immediately, without my permission, turned around and they subletted or subcontracted rather, that's the, the correct word, subcontracted the workout to someone else. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> it took a lot of detective work to even figure this out because again, this is a virtual assistant. They're not in your office. And, and I'm, realizing, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, okay, this is you. And this is the person that's actually doing the job. And I just remember being like, like, why, like, why would you, I don't, you know, if you want to do that, just be upfront about it. And, and then maybe I would be willing to, you know, maybe there's a deal to be had, but to just immediately subcontract it, you don't even do the work. <laughs> that was, I, I was kind of shocked by that's that. Nice. I was like, wow, that's, that's creative on, on their part, but immediately fired him as, as soon as I figured that one out. So I've, I've been really lucky with hiring people and part of it has been, you know, so like the first person I ever hired was my personal assistant. She was very good friends with my dad's assistant at the time, you know, who was working for my dad. Um, and they were really buddy, buddy. And that's how I met her. Um, and she was like, I, I'm spoiled with her. You know, she is absolutely amazing. So, so currently we have two admin staff in our office and an LOA agent. So I, I only have really three employees at this point in time. Um, but I've, I've been really, really lucky with hiring people. The, the, the main thing that comes to mind is there's someone that I almost hired two months ago that would have been a horror story. I was really, really close. Um, so what, it's, what kept, yeah, I want to hear this. What kept you from pulling the trigger? Okay. So guy comes in for our LOA position and, um, he had, um, he, he, he had just gotten his insurance license within the last, you know, three, four months. I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, he's a new agent. We were roughly around the same age. We kind of hit it off. You know, he comes in with like a LeBron James mask and I start arguing with him that Michael Jordan's better than LeBron. And he's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. And like, we just, you know, we just kind of hit it off. You know, we just got along. I was like, I like this guy. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I start, I, you know, I start um, thinking about hiring him. And, um, then what happens is I was like, I, and my wife says, you should have him in back in for a second interview. I said, good idea. So I haven't come back in for a second interview. This is what gave me the red flag. Um, cause I was thinking about hiring him after the first interview. Thank God that I didn't. Um, oh. so what happened was he was, a he comes in and I start asking him some specific questions about sales and things like that. And he's like, well, 
Um, he's like, as long as the leads I'm working are actually going to be interested, I'm cool with that. I'm like, what do you mean actually going to be interested? <laughs> so right there, my, my antenna go off. Oh, and, I'm like, no. and I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, well, he's like, I didn't really tell you this before. Anytime someone tells you that in an interview, it's never a good thing that's about to come out of his mouth. <laughs> and he goes, I didn't tell you this before, but I was working for this other group and we were able to do a lot of um, cold calling on businesses. We're selling group insurance. And he's like, he's like, the leads they give me only like one out of 10 was even interested. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, welcome to the real world, boss. Yeah, you know, serious. like, yeah, serious. And so he's just, he had this really, once we started really digging into it, he had this very negative connotation about sales. I could just tell he had never really done sales in his life to the right. point where to get a, I mean, and so I kind of got started getting this vibe about the guy that um, he was going to be expecting to be, he was expecting to be an order taker. I'm like, that's not the position here. You know, I'm like, your job is to sell. Your job is to turn maybes into yeses. Yep. Um, and so what I did next was I decided to, because that, that interview gave me more red flags. So nice. I did a background check on the guy. Oh, here we go. Comes back. The background check comes back to me. He has a felony on his oh. record in the last year for beating the shit, beating the living hell out of his girlfriend. Whoa. So That's I am terrifying. I, I sent him a text. I'm like, I'm, I, what up, dude? I'm like, because <laughs> he just got his license. I figured if it was anything too bad, it would, you know, we wouldn't have been able to get his license, but they granted him a Utah insurance department license without, with that on his record. Um, crazy. So, and I, and there's certain insurance companies I know for a fact would not take him. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. United would let him contract, which is a big problem. Um, but anyway, so I, I give him a chance to come back in and explain the situation to me. And the explanation was actually worse than me. Lucina come back. <laughs> Comes in, tells me this story. He took my tacos, bro. What, did, what was I supposed to do? Just, just walk away? <laughs> but that, to make a long story short, what he told me was they're driving down the street. They're having an argument. His girlfriend gets crazy, tries to, you know, grab the steering wheel, pull it off the road. He gets out of the car, walks over and starts choking her until the police come. Then she files a restraining order against him. Then like three months later, they get back together. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it was just like it was just it was horrible. And and then she's like recording him in the house, has cameras all over the place. Like, it was just like it was like Jerry Springer. I felt like I was in a Jerry Springer episode. And I, I told him I was like and then two days later, um, I, I link up with Tara and the rest is history. Tara's here now. Um, but that I was this close to hiring this guy after the first interview. And I just am so glad my wife had the wisdom to be like, you should do a second interview, you know? And I'm thought that my first, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, I already did the interview. I mean, what, what am I going to learn from a second interview? Apparently I learned a lot, which started a breadcrumb trail. And, um, it would have been a nightmare. It would have been I a can't disaster. believe I hadn't heard that whole story. That's great. <laughs> I feel like you had told me that you like, almost hired someone and you're glad you didn't, but I don't think that you'd told me that whole, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but I've been very fortunate, very lucky with the people I've hired so far. Um, I mean, obviously I worked with my dad for years where he hired people that weren't so good, but, but nothing crazy. Um, they were just like, you know, maybe lazy or mouthy or whatever the case might be. There was, I don't think that we've ever had anybody that was like horrific. Um, my dad did tell me the story one time when he was getting started. One of his first people he ever hired for his business, um, 
he he fired her after the first four hours of being on the job. <laughs> and um, she, so, he, and, and it's because, you know, if, if her, she was bossy, her personality just didn't match. She just felt really sick to his stomach about hiring her after she right. started her first day. So he takes her aside and, you know, starts telling her, be like, listen, I don't think this is going to work out. And she starts to smooth talk him. And she goes, she goes like, well, I just want to tell you something. She's like, I think you're charming. And anyone that knows my father knows he's not charming, like at all. <laughs> like, if you don't think I'm charming, he's worse. <laughs> and, um, and so that right there, he was like, no, you don't get out, you know, kind of thing. And um, I, I think we've been pretty lucky with people, though. I really do. Yeah. There's I mean. It's and it is a risk, you guys. Like it's it's not there's no guarantee. Like we have even like at Lead Heroes, we have we have so many like checkpoints along the way now. Like we have a whole system in place. Like we bring someone in, they get interviewed. Um, then we're gonna go through like an onboarding process with them. If they, you know, they have to their application has to clear. So their application has to be like, oh, we like this one. Then they have to go through an interview. They have to pass the interview. Then they go through an onboarding process. Do you have the right equipment? You know, um, you know, do I feel like you can do this position? Uh, and then after that onboarding process, then there's kind of this probationary period where they come in where they understand that really for any reason at any point in those first, you know, 30 days, 60 days, you know, we could terminate the relationship. And, and, a lot of that's pretty standard, but um, there's no guarantees. So there is a risk. And, and I, I want that to be clear to everybody too. Like it's easy to sit back and say, oh, just hire 20, you know, just hire 20 assistants and your whole world will change and everything's better. Um, like, yes and no, like it, you can get there, but the, it's going to be a process you know, I, I didn't get to a hundred people in, in a year. That's you're looking at six, seven years of, of growth before I even approached a hundred employees. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it can definitely be messy. You have to kind of learn as you go. So um, one thing I, I feel like, I feel like you Christian specifically still have a lot of tasks that you're probably doing that you could outsource yeah, I think you feel like that right about that. And, and we've talked about this a bunch of times, yeah. you yeah. know, like, like, I think it was like a month or two ago, you called me up on a Friday yeah. and I, I had sold like a handful of apps that day. And I was talking, I was like sheepishly talking to you. I was like, well, like, like, like I was like admitting something I did wrong to my parents or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Christian, yeah. Christian, what did you do today? <laughs> <laughs> And, but, but, but it's true, you know, like my time at this point, like early on when I was hiring the admin staff, my time was more valuable than customer service. My time was better spent selling. Now my time is better spent, not even selling. I can do even more valuable things behind the scenes. And that's why, you know, we're starting to hire LOAs, you know, for that, for that reason. Um, so it's, it's, it's an evolution. Like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. But I still have like in a perfect world, I would like for us to have um, a content manager in yeah. the office. I would like us yep. to, ha to help me with that because we do so much content. I feel like we could even do even more if yep. we had a person for that. 
Um, I would like to have a contracting specialist in office because I freaking hate dealing with contracts. <laughs> That's, that is a great, for an agency owner, I know for a fact that that is a, a key. I mean, you could argue that getting them contracted is, is going to bring the revenue in, but making those phone calls, going through paperwork, checking on out, like <sighs> it's all busy work. It's all busy work at the end of the day. And, and I've, again, going through that contracting process, I know how, how much can come up like, oh, well, you, you didn't fill out this part or, oh, well, your, your out of state license didn't come back. And you said you were licensed in this, like, there's a million things that could come up and slow you down. Yeah. And yeah, like, I, I'm not going to harp anybody for selling insurance, dude. Like you're, you're generating revenue. But yeah, I mean, the worst thing you could possibly do is trap yourself in that prison, which honestly, you know, I didn't really want to get into burnout, but it, it's kind of hand in hand because right. when you trap yourself in these sorts of positions where you are the only one who can do these tasks, that's ultimately what kind of feeds into this burnout is you know, you're stuck doing something that you don't like, that's not making you money. And you go home at the end of the night and and maybe you're sitting there wondering like, what did I even do today? Like you're exhausted. I mean, that's, I know I've been there, um, you know, before I had any help on the front end of lead heroes. Cause again, I was taking all the phone calls. I was handling all the emails for the first several years Um, I'll never forget. We hit like a record of inbound. It was like over 40 inbound calls in one day. And I just remember it was like eight o'clock at night and I was sitting there like I hadn't eaten anything all day. I had literally been just handling all these phone calls all day, you know, emails, trying to manage the business. And it it was just like, I was at such this, this peak of unhappiness because it was like, I felt stuck. I felt like I was doing these things that weren't really making the company money or making myself money. Um, so I think that's, that kind of does connect here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think it's relevant to talk about because, um, I, I, I was feeling some heavy burnout over the weekend. Like I really was, you know, like I, um, I, part of it is my own fault. (laughs) Part Mm -hmm. of it is my own fault. I love to fill my plate with tasks and projects and things I want to do, um, and, and to me, you know, usually it's an exciting thing for me to be like, okay, how much can I actually do? You know, like right. one thing um, that I think a lot of people, you know, commented on, because I, I finally saw my, my Medicare con speech on video yesterday for the first time. Um, and one, one thing I, I talked about on there was, you know, last year I put out almost 300 YouTube videos. 90 plus podcasts. We did 20 taco Tuesday streams. I published two books. I put out 160 at the time. It's 180 now video course <laughs> all in a year. Insane. And Insane. you know, I, I, and so I was going through and during a, during a pandemic, during a global pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, it was um, like last year, really, you know, I, I've always worked incredibly hard, but really ramped it up. Um, and, you know, now I'm trying to put together another course, a content creation course. Um, we have more agents we're working with than ever. So I'm, I'm doing something agent related, it seems like every day, um, whether it be a training or whatever it might be with somebody. 
Um, I got the new agent in, in office, so she's doing great, but she still needs my help sometimes, you know, from time to time, but she's, she's done very well. Like I'm very pleased. She's farther along than I thought she'd be at this point in time. But I don't know. I was just feeling really, really burnt out over the weekend. And I got to a point where like, you know, I came in every Saturday, I come in and I film about eight to 10 videos, eight, eight, every Saturday, people don't yeah. always know that. Um, but that's when I'm putting out videos throughout the week, they were all recorded in a day, like in one, right. you know, swish. Um, and I came in on Saturday. Swish. swish. Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> and I came in, I recorded like two videos on this past Saturday and I was just like, fuck this. I was like, I do not want to do this today. And yeah. I just was like, I, I felt mentally defeated that day. What'd you do? What'd you do? I drove around for three hours and listened to music and just like, just, you know, looked at the sky for a few minutes. Like I, I, I went to the park, looked at this guy. Like, I just was like, <laughs> I, my, my, my head felt like mush. And last week was an insanely busy week. So that probably had something to do with it. But um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's um, people, people started asking, you know, how do we overcome burnout? I think the only thing you can really do is, you know, as you start to scale and as you start to grow, like you said, don't be afraid to delegate tasks. And sometimes I am, um, you know, and don't be afraid, you know, it's, it's better for you to build a business. That's an organization instead of just being a one man show. It just, it, it's never sustainable. It's never scalable. Um, and I think for me, you know, my goal from now until AEP is I want to bring on two or three more staff members, at least in our office. And I think we can do it. Um, but I, I feel like the, the main thing is you got to give yourself a rest. You got to give yourself a break. You got to give yourself some, um, some, some time to get yourself emotionally right. Right. Yep. And, and that's kind of what I needed this past Saturday. And so that's what I did. Instead of making videos, I just took some time to myself and I think it helped. It helped me just breathe a little bit. Do you, are you at the point where you like, you almost feel restless or guilty maybe when you take time off or away from the business? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, this, yeah. this past Saturday, I didn't cause I was just so right. done with it. Like, um, but normally I would, you know, cause I, I have this target for myself that I want all these, these content, I want all of our content to flood out over the course of the week. Um, and that was like this week specifically, we only have two videos that are coming out this week is what it is. Is what it is. Oh, but, no, Christian, we need 10 videos this week. What are you <laughs> saying? <laughs> no podcast this week. Nothing, none of that. Like it just didn't get done. Um, but I feel like, you know, like every, every year after AEP, I always try to take two, three weeks off. Um, and I feel like you just got to do it. You know, you just got to, you just got to give yourself some time to just recharge. And then yesterday, my wife had some, you know, minor surgery on her foot and she was having trouble recovering. So I stayed home yesterday. I rescheduled all my appointments. I stayed home yesterday. I just played with, you know, with the baby and, um, she's not a baby. You can't call her a baby anymore. She's past one. She's a, I have a baby. a baby. You don't have a baby. Get out of here. What are you saying? <laughs> you have I'll, a child. I'll, I'll call her my monster, the little monster. There you go. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I stayed home, played with my daughter for the day, you know, gave my wife, some time to just stay off her foot and let herself recover. And, and, you know, the weekend combined with that, like I came to work today feeling really recharged. And I think sometimes that's all you need, you know, it's just that time to just, just unplug. 
is it do you because i and i'm i'm kind of trying to like unwrap this for myself you know if it sounds like i'm prodding you a lot i have i think anyone who has started their own business who is a solo entrepreneur i mean there's i think there's a lot of people that fit into this category um and i resonate with a lot of what you're saying and and I think what happens, just, you know, whatever you think about this, tell me, but I know I'll set arbitrary deadlines on myself. It's very similar to you saying on Saturday, I have to come in my office and I need to shoot eight to 10 videos. You don't have to. I'm sure it's beneficial. I'm sure it helps, but you're, I think you're setting an arbitrary deadline on yourself. And I think it kind of starts to weigh And And most of the time, you know, yourself, you're the biggest critic, right? Like you're going to be more critical of yourself than potentially anybody. So, um, you know, this also ties back part of the reason I, you know, if, if you guys watched my, uh, my auto autobiographical episode where Christian really just tore me apart, um, <laughs> And the reason, when. yes, on back, it's like the Britney Spears documentary, but <laughs> but my own. Um, the reason I got into virtual assistants to begin with was a book called The Four Hour Work Week. Um, I really wanted to start my own business. No idea like how or where. This was prior to insurance, but. I read the four hour work week and that's when it really connected for me where I was like, Oh, I can hire someone and they don't have to be in my office. In fact, I don't even need to have a real office. I can go completely virtual and run a whole company virtual. And that, that book, even though it is 10 years old, 12 years old now, it's still the principles are sound. I highly recommend it. You guys, yeah. but um, Tim Ferriss, it, I, I think the very start of it, I, I need to go back and reread it, but I believe the very start of it is also ironically enough, this premise, he's talking about how burned out he is. Yeah. He's literally yeah. talking about how like he was working so much. He had like the love of his life. He was working so much that like his girlfriend fiance was like, hey, maybe we should go on a trip or maybe you should take some time off. Like you're kind of driving yourself crazy. You're working 60, 80 hours every single week, which I resonate with so much. <laughs> so do um, I. <laughs> but he, uh, he ends up after, of course, he ends up losing that relationship. But after he lost that relationship and then things got even more stressful, he hits a breaking point. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> which it really isn't a spoiler since it's basically the title of the book, but he hits this breaking point where he's like, why can't I travel? Like, why can't I go and do and someone else is handling the day-to-day in my business? And, you know, he was terrified. He really was. He was very scared. He was running a very successful company at the time. It was a supplement company. I think he was making like over a million dollars a year. But he just got to the point where he said, screw it, I'm going. And that's where this whole four-hour work week came from for him. It wasn't about not doing the work. He's a workaholic. He'll work 100 hours a week if you, you know, if you put him in a room and just keep feeding him. Like, he probably would never stop working. But it's this idea that, uh, and it's just kind of funny how well this ties all of this together today is, you know, you don't have to work yourself to the point that you're broken. You don't have to work yourself to the point 
that you have burnout. Christian took yesterday off completely and it wasn't Christian that moved all of his appointments for him. That was his assistant. You know, I have done the same thing many, many times. Hey, um, you guys, something came up. I'm not going to be available for the rest of today. You know, if anybody calls in and it's an emergency, they need to talk to so-and-so. If someone wants to talk to me, I'm not going to be available till tomorrow. And then being able to just literally set the phone down and, and be done with it and take a step back. And, and you know what, if you lose business because of that, you lose some business because of that, but it's not the end of the world. I think overall, culturally, we need to be in more of a longevity game. This isn't about hustling till the weekend, trying to grind and make $20,000 this week. This is longevity. This is our lives. This is our, our livelihood, our families, our businesses that we're talking about. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, avoiding burnout and um, hiring assistance actually goes quite hand in hand. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, I, I felt like we couldn't get through the episode without talking about it because they're so closely related. Um, and there's so many things that like we, we haven't yet to touch on yet. You know, like I, I know some people were interested in knowing, like, do you, when, when, do you give benefits to your employees? Do you give insurance? Do you do this? Do you do that? Like for me personally, I'll answer that for you. No, yeah. <laughs> I, don't. I don't, I don't. It's because this is a great place to work, yeah. you know? Um, you know, all of my employees can get it somewhere else. Like, you know, they, they just have other means of getting it or, you know, they, but no, we don't offer our employees benefits, at least not right now, maybe at some point, but we're not there yet. I um, actually got the same question. Someone messaged me on Facebook within the last week and they just point blank said, Hey, do you buy your Filipinos health insurance? And I was like, no, I, I don't buy them health insurance. We have um, you know, part of the compensation, they, they get a, a, a bonus depending on the, you know, the time of year. And, and that's really designated to cover stuff like health insurance. And I'm sure it's more or less the same for you, Christian, you know, yeah. your, your compensation that you're giving them is designed to help them afford things like health insurance. Yeah. Like, um, you know, our LOA agent that's been working with us, Tara, um, you know, I told her, I was like, when she first started, I'm like, you know, you have this salary, it's X amount of dollars every month, but this is, this is a $10,000 a month gig. It is, yeah. you know, because you're going to have so many opportunities to make sales, you know, like yesterday, I'm not here. And then I'm not at the office. A referral calls me. My assistant instant messages me on my phone. Cause I have the app for it, for our thing. We talk to each other on yeah. and I, I sent it back. I'm like, give it to Tara, give it to Tara. You know, I'm like, that's what Tara's there for, to write apps so I don't have to do as many. Um, and so, you know, I, I but, but that's, you know, that's kind of the, the, in my opinion, the way you should look at it. Like it's, it, there's so, there should be so much other benefit in the business that it's just not that big of a deal. And I don't think any of my employees look at it as that big of a deal. Um, like my assistant, she bought dental insurance through me the other day. <laughs> Like I didn't give it to her. She bought it from me. Right. <laughs> she just came in one day. She's like, I need dental. She's like, can you, can you hook me up? I'm like, I think we can do that. Um, you know, and she's referred her family members to us, family, friends, all that stuff. And I, 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 I give her bonuses for things like that. You know, if she brings in customers and things like that, like there's incentives put it, put into it. And then, 
know, we have like bonuses throughout the year. And so, so we take good care of our people. I think that's really what matters. And I feel like if we didn't take good care of our people and there was no benefits, then it might be the point where it was like, you know, well, what the hell, but that kind of circles back to taking good care of your people and the rest will kind of figure itself out. I think culture, you know, you want to have a good culture, which is right there. I I think that kind of, that's the word I think you're, maybe you're even looking for. It's, you know, are they happy? Is it a good place? Like, is it a a good work environment for them? Um, And, and virtually I have to do the same thing. Virtually I have to create culture. And the tough part for, for me is um, even though I don't live in the Philippines, you know, my team would get together a lot, but because of COVID, they haven't been able to get together. And so I've really had to work on virtual culture. Um, and it's a lot tougher than it sounds. It's kind of, I mean, we've seen the same thing happen over here in our industry. I mean, like the virtual cocktail hours that, w- that we were doing, I think that was awesome, you know, building that, that type of culture. Um, you know, I, I could probably talk about this subject for, 10 hours. I, I could probably talk <laughs> about staffing, honestly, <laughs> staffing and burnout. Um, but I do want to be sensitive to, to your time, Christian, and my own, and uh, my three children who are probably ready to, to come in and jump on me and yeah. punch, punch me <laughs> in the face. Um, but yeah, let's, let's go through some final thoughts and um, on, on burnout, you know, hiring, staff for for your agency or for your business i'd love to hear you know kind of what your thoughts are christian yeah um so my my final thoughts i feel like when it comes to staffing burnout all that stuff because i think you know they do go hand in hand I i feel like for staffing i think there's going to be levels to this right i mean in your business like if you're a brand new agent and you're watching this there's just no way you're going to be able to hire staff to me right right? Like it's just, you, right. you have to be able to walk before you have to be able to walk before you can run crawl before you can walk and all that stuff. Like you just have to get there when you're at that point in your business. Um, like I, I talked to an agent this week, um, actually not this week. It was, it was late last week. Um, and they were like three months in the business had like 25 clients and they were talking about an assistant. I'm like, you're nuts. You know, I'm like, you're insane. I'm like, you don't have enough work for them to do first of all, right. you know? And I'm like, and you're nuts, you know, unless you have some other source of income that you're not telling me about, like, don't worry about it right now. Um, there's levels to this, but when you get to the point where you feel like you're being squeezed and if you feel like you can afford it, I would rather hire too early than too late personally, just with my own experience. Now, of course, when I say hire too, maybe too early, you feel the squeeze, um, but you can still pay your, your, your mortgage you can still buy groceries. Like you're not preventing yourself from what you need to survive, but you feel the squeeze every month. You know, that that's what I mean by that. That's taking a risk, of course, like Glenn said, but I would rather hire earlier than later, because if you wait to the point where you're late, you're later on, you can end up like I did at that one point where I, it probably took a couple of years for me to get to where I could have gotten in a year you know, yep. in terms of the growth of my company. So that would be my, my final thoughts in terms of burnout. I feel like don't be afraid to delegate tasks and don't be afraid to set boundaries. You know, that's something that I have not been good at and I'm getting better at in terms is setting boundaries and essentially 
not looking at my phone past a certain time and everything like that. You know, if someone slides in my DMs at midnight and asks, what's the commission for Manhattan life? You know what I mean? Like I need to, I need to just disconnect. And yeah. I feel like that's what you, that's what a lot of people need to do too. And I think it helps you stay more sane. Yeah, that's great. You, you really hit everything. I feel like, especially the, the burnout. So that's, that's it. Like you could hire, I mean, I think I'm a great example of this is, you know, I have like unlimited resources when it comes to hiring assistants. Like I, ha- I can find just about anybody I want for any position I need. But when it comes to burnout, that's something I have to personally kind of know, okay, I need to take time off. Like I, I need to, I need to take an extra day or I need to quit early today, cut out a few, like that's something that you really have to do yourself. You have to set your own boundaries. So I think that, I think that was a great point. Um, when it comes to hiring you guys, uh, like I mentioned, there's there's many different steps in having a successful assistant or a successful virtual assistant. You know, take time interviewing and hiring the right person. Christian talked about this today, which I thought was a great point. You hire the wrong person, it's it's only going to go bad. There's there's no way really out of that situation. So, you know. Um, hire slow and fire fast is kind of the cliche term, but it, it is true. So, you know, take your time, interview, make sure you know the type of person you're looking for. So, so go through that interview process. Once you bring them on, make sure you train them. This is another part that I feel like a lot of people miss. They expect someone to come in as an assistant and they think that they, the, the assistant can read their mind. And this is something I struggled with a lot early on as I thought, Hey, you're here. I'm paying you. Go, 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 go. Do, 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 do. <laughs> right. right. And you're like, come on, I'm here. Like, like, yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, you know, now <laughs> like I used to literally think you guys, I could hire someone on Monday and by Friday they should be ripping and roaring and, 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 you know, taking buildings down for me. And I think so differently today when I bring someone on, you know, there is, almost 30 hours of training videos that I put them through. Um, then, then there's an onboarding process where essentially I have a management member that is assigned to them that is kind of very hands-on for that initial one to two weeks, like anything goes wrong or any questions. And then it, they, that kind of the training wheels come off and then probationary period, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, depending on what the position and situation is. And I'm looking at it like this is an investment and I might not see a return right away. And in fact, I might hire someone, pay them for two months and then they fail out. And now I'm right back at square one, but understanding that that's part of the process. Like that's really just the game that, that we're all playing. Nobody bats a thousand, right? Nobody hits every single pitch that they get. So I guess, you know, just kind of stressing now you're watching Scotty shame (laughs) on you, Scotty, you were supposed to be on sooner. I'm wrapping up now. (laughs) And yes, you did miss the dab. You did. Actually, there was no dab, but um, now now I want you to go back looking for it. Yes. Go back to the beginning looking for it. Um, Scott, I was telling Scotty that we need to have a, I want to have a taco eating contest with you at some point where we, we get we like, to do it. we need to do it. That would be I'm epic. Thinking soft tacos. That was really my final thoughts. But my final, final thought is Christian, and I need to have a taco eating contest. And Scotty said, 
that he thought that would be some of the greatest. I think we just get soft tacos from Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. I think we, I don't know. How many do you think you could eat hypothetically? So here's the thing. There's a balance here because I have to starve myself all day, but not so much that my stomach shrinks. Yeah, that does. You can't starve yourself. You've got to stretch it. You've got to. I have to like snack. I have to like, you know, snack on chips all day and that's it. And like a carrot or two here and there and to keep myself hungry, but not, you know, shrunk. I, I think I could probably eat those, those, those soft tacos are pretty, they're not huge. I could probably eat six or seven of them. Maybe. I think I could get to double digits, bro. You think you I could? Think I could get to 10. I think it maybe would. Maybe I could I think, too. Maybe I could too. I the first five would be fine. And I think the back five, I would hate everyone including myself <laughs> free, free taco after that but maybe maybe that's our live show maybe we're doing a taco eating contest when we uh, meet up this year and do our live show which is definitely we should happening. do that 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 would actually be a great idea that would be hilarious dude we should do over under start get a betting pool going see see who <laughs> <can eat> the most <laughs> i love it i love it and oh and and by the way you have to drink nothing but Baja Blast. You can't drink water. <laughs> it's like milk. You drink milk with your hot wings. You drink <laughs> Baja Blast with your Taco Bell soft tacos. <laughs> Our unofficial sponsor. Does anybody have, I need to connect to Taco Bell. If you know someone who knows someone, I would, I want, I want a Taco Bell taco eating contest sponsorship. You guys, I don't feel like I'm asking for much here. <laughs> At least give me the tacos for free. Do we have time for one last question? Yeah, take it away. So Ma- Matthew, Matthew has a question. He, he wanted to, he asked in the comments, what do you think about a business loan? What do you think about a, a business loan? Kind of a loaded question because my first counter question to that would be, well, what's the money for, <laughs> right? Because yeah, they're very open-ended questions. Yeah. I mean, uh, a loan for, you know, Hey, I'm going to Vegas this weekend and I'm going to write <laughs> it off. Right. Like for hiring and marketing, he said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean for hiring. So something I've, cause I took, I took some loans early on. <laughs> I took some loans early on and I didn't necessarily have the sort of direction that I do now. And I didn't have the sort of like finances mapped out that I do, you know, now if I were to take money, it would be like, okay, how much am I taking? What am I using it for? What's that monthly payment going to look like? When am I going to pay it all back? Like there's so, I, I would map it all out now, A to Z. And then I would make my decision after I have it all mapped out. Like, can my cash flow handle it? Do I really need the money? Is the money really going to get me to A to B faster? Or am I just being lazy? Like there's, so it, it, it depends how, how early you are too. I mean, if, if you're brand new, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. It, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? It's kind of a tough one. My, my first reaction is high risk, potentially high reward but high risk. Um, and I think you nailed it. I mean, you have to really have a fine tuned plan, right? Like if you're just starting an agency and, um, and, and you're just kind of, you're still learning a bunch. I would be scared as hell to do that because I know when I first started my business and my agency, I barely knew a thing. 
You know, like I, I didn't, I, I, I probably, if you, if you asked me what a premium was, I probably would have given you the wrong answer. Probably. I was yeah. 20 years old, you know, the kind of thing. Like, like I, I was so naive to the point that I'm at now. So I just look back on it and I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like I would have blown the money and I hate debt. I hate monthly payments personally. Same. I just do. Um, and so, but if, 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 if you have a fine tuned plan that you feel like, you know, this can't fail, I kind of see the vision in this, you're kind of looking into a crystal ball kind of thing. And you're like, okay, in the next six months, I can generate X amount of, you know, ROI on this business loan and I can have it paid back or something like that. Then maybe I can see, um, the, the, the vision for it. I think it just really depends. Like, I mean, is there any room for potential, you know, failure or am I, am I going to be learning on the way, you know, am I going to have a big learning curve along the way? I, I, that, that would scare me as if I'm learning on the way. I like, I like what you high risk, high reward. I I think that's a valid, um, it it really depends. There's so many variables though. Like if you take a loan, but maybe you have, you know, more than enough assets or money somewhere else that could cover that loan. Maybe the risk isn't really that high. I don't know. That's what I'm That's why I like, this is such yeah. a personalized question to you and your situation before you take that loan. The one thought that came to mind is this, uh, I know this business owner that took like a $200,000 loan from a bank to, um, it was, the goal was really marketing to grow their company. And they took this $200,000 loan and they took a quarter of it. They took 50 grand and they dumped it into Google. And they're thinking, you know, cool, I'm going to do, you know, uh, it was paid, paid SEO, essentially, you know, the, at the top of Google, the click kind of thing. When you search something at the top of Google, those, it says, you know, this is a, a paid result or whatever. And it shows, and they got, they said that they almost got no return on it. Oh, God. And I just remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, <laughs> you spent $50,000 before you pulled the plug on that? <laughs> and, and it wasn't even your money. Like you just borrowed the, the thing with, with Google. And I've tried to run Google ads and YouTube ads. It's so much more complicated than a Facebook ads platform or anything like that. It really is like, it's, it's a lot more complex it's if you don't know what you're doing if you're not like a wizard it's essentially like you're flushing it and google's like thank you and google eats it all up you know and that kind of thing like um yeah that's terrifying to me <laughs> so it's like gambling be careful. be careful yeah it is gambling matthew be careful yeah all right guys we should probably finish up here i don't want to get Glenn in trouble. And I might be in trouble too. My phone's been going off. So no, I'm, I'm my phone. I'm scared to even look at my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, well, we'll, 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 we'll answer questions that are in the comment section. We didn't get to, um, thank you guys for being here next week. We are having, I think we're having a guest on. I can't remember. Is it Chris next week? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mr. Chris, Weir will be here in person. Woo! Here at our office. So I'm super excited about that one. That's a really, 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 exciting episode. Um, we've never had a taco Tuesday guest in person with one of us. So that's a new thing. Um, and, uh, Chris is going to be here all day. He's going to stay for taco Tuesday. So I'm really excited about it. And, um, you guys won't want to miss that, but, um, thanks for being here guys. And this was fun. We could, we could could, comment below. If you have any questions, Christian, I will definitely answer after we're off the live here. So till next Tuesday, you guys. 
Adiós, amigos.